0: Coming up on past the secret sauce.
1: I think let's say you already have a website. It's not the best, best website, but it doesn't matter. You have a website. It's, it's, it's good enough to at least uh, get visitors to it. I, I think at that point, you really, the investment, I, I personally would split between uh, SEO organic side and the paid side. I did a really good keynote, I want to say a month ago, in New York City at the Small Business Expo. So if anyone Googles Alex Mellon, I don't know, it's called Mastering SEO. Uh, but I went to go at the actual ranking signals for SEO. And there's two parts of SEO. You have the Google Maps, and then you have localized results. And uh, there's, uh, I won't go through the entire one hour SEO session, but there's there's ranking signals. So you know what to focus on. So Google My Business is really, really important to your Google Maps SEO. So you want to make sure you have a Google My Business profile. And it's not just, oh, I have a Google Business profile. You want it completely filled out. You want to have reviews. You want to have content in your reviews. So Google actually determines when you come up in Google Maps organically based on number of your reviews, based on the score of your reviews content of the reviews and they do sentiment analysis
0: welcome to the show i'm matt shields on Pass the secret sauce we unscramble the life stories skills and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Up next on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Alex Milan, who is the co-founder of Smart Sites. So Alex and I get into the the conversation of how important technology is to have involved in your business today. And Alex has a long, long history in the subject. Uh, he grew up basically realizing how important websites and the the, the role that websites would play in society today. If you're old enough to remember back when, you know, there was always the controversy, the question, you know, is the internet going to be anything? Alex was, was one of the people that were, you know, bullish on that moving forward. He knew that that was going to be the future and he sort of dedicated his life to it. Alex worked for some of the largest companies in the world handling their, their digital technology and technology components, marketing components. And what he saw in that, in that, experience was how much of an advantage these larger companies had to you know the regular you know smaller smaller companies so alex really set out to create a, a company to be able to help the smaller small business and and again that that range ranges quite a bit he does do business with quite large companies as well but he really focuses in on trying to bring technology into the, the company and making sure that your, Uh, doing things correctly, efficiently, We, we get into some of the things that some of the mistakes that people are making, some of the things that you should be doing first that you, you know, sort of ranking things. Because again, obviously, today, there are so many different channels, so many different paths, there's, you know, 10, 20 different social media platforms, there's websites, there's different marketing platforms, there's remarketing, retargeting, Google AdWords. So you've got all of these different things that you can be doing, but we kind of break it down into Really, these are the things that are most important. You should be working on these things first. So with that, I hope you enjoy today's episode of Pass the Secret Sauce.
1: Got it, got it. Cool. That makes sense. Uh, So I guess I'll I'll go through a quick background before that. So. I actually wasn't born in the United States. I was born in Kiev, Ukraine. So my, my family immigrated to the U.S. in uh, 1990 or so, I think late, late 1990, early 91. So dinner table was uh, what changed a lot, right? Um, yeah. and when when uh, when my family came to U.S., I moved around a lot as well. Well, not me, my family moved around a lot. So we, we first came, we lived in Washington Heights in uh, New York City, which was a slightly scarier place than it is today. Mm-hmm. moved moved around a, a lot after that as well and finally wound up I think in New Jersey. I started fifth grade in Jersey so moved around a lot uh those those first 5 years. Yeah, so changed a lot and uh, it came with uh my family came with uh, it was our extended family. So my grandparents came, my great grandmother came. Wow. We'll we'll uh together so it was uh it was very, very different. Well, yeah, I can't, I can't say very different. There are a lot of, uh, a lot of people immigrated to the U S obviously a uh, whole country is a melting pot. pot and yeah. over those years, yeah. I think there was a lot of immigration happening, so I can't say very different, but it was, it was certainly uh interesting experience growing up and we definitely moved uh, around a lot and uh, it was, it was uh, definitely a lot of change.
0: Yeah. and, and, were you exposed to any type of entrepreneurialism early on? I mean, obviously, you you had to have a certain amount of, I guess, wherewithal to be able to you know, adapt and survive in you know an environment that you know was very very foreign to all of you. So I, I yeah. imagine there's a certain element of entrepreneurialism right there. But what, when when you look back on your on your life on your childhood, do you feel like you were exposed to that 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 type of mentality? Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's so a good question. And I've I've given it some thought, not recently, but a couple of years ago, I remember, I, I, I gave it some thought. Yeah, so I, I think I was just very fortunate that I was in a position that uh, my, my dad specifically, but both, so both my parents uh, work in computer science now, like programmers, but my dad was involved in uh, computer science very early on in the USSR. So when he came over to the US, I was fortunate enough to have a uh, computer exposure very early on. And I mean, at that time, 1990, like we didn't come with a lot of money. Right. I think my, my, my parents must've invested a big chunk of what they had into having like a computer at home. Right. At, at that time it was, it was, uh they were, they were very, 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 very expensive. So I, I think I was just fortunate to be exposed to a lot of early technology early on in my life. And I, I remember taking the computer apart, putting it back together right like i uh, number one, I had the exposure to it. Number two, my parents let me do that kind of stuff to yeah, to yeah. to to a device that was probably like fifty percent of their net worth so i think I think that was just it i i i I think it's the the exposure and I was very interested in technology and everything and I wound up starting a web hosting company in nineteen ninety seven when I huh? was uh, when I was 13 years old, and it was uh, it was one of the first web hosting companies out there. So it's uh, if for those who have been around back then, it was uh, who, who were around back then. It's uh, during the time of GeoCities, HyperMart, Tripod, companies like that. Um, I started my company, I think either a month before GeoCities or a month after. Um, I forget now. So it was uh, I, I, again. I, I, I think uh, it, it was just uh, I was fortunate to have the exposure. And just being able to see all this really cool technology and innovation really happen before my eyes, and of course the, the negative was that I was I was very young. There was obviously limitations in 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 what I could do at at at, at that age. But um, it it was uh, I think a combination of of luck and just really I really enjoyed innovation, technology, and really. Immersed myself with the uh, with the web as as it uh, I was really really being built before my eyes. I remember mm-hmm. dialing up into CompuServe before before even AOL yeah. started. So like really 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 early stuff. Yeah, that's cool.
0: And and uh, we'll, well, this is kind of skipping ahead a little bit more than what we normally do. But I'm I'm curious if there's anything any similarities that you see today with any of the new technologies like the metaverse or or anything like that is that sort of like you know the the new frontier whereas like the web you know way back when everyone was sort of like ah you know i don't know i don't know that anybody will ever use it i don't know what you know that's going to do is that sort of the equivalent that you see like that that type of technologies whether that be again nfts metaverse whatever the hell it is um (laughs) any any any
1: thoughts there you know to me at the time in the let's say not even early 90s, let's say mid late 90s, early 2000s. It was a lot more clear cut. I I, I don't know. I don't know why or what was different, but it was really clear cut to me that this was the future, right? And not just small piece of it, but everything like I I had Mm a I had a website for mp2s before they were mp3s. Um, (laughs) So like literally all of this was just amazing to me and I I saw such huge, huge potential and it was, I didn't have a shadow of a doubt that this would be the future and the internet and websites and uh, online marketing and all of it would become huge and at the time where everyone was telling me it wouldn't be right even Mm -hmm. even teachers in school uh, like eh, eh, 99% of the adults I had interactions with were like no this is stop wasting your time on this right Mm -hmm. but to me Mm -hmm. it was very clear that there was no like multiple things or maybe this will be the future me it was a very clear cut to me today for whatever reason it, it's not as clear cut right I, I I do believe there's a lot of emerging technology that's really really cool and i I love being involved with all of it right i i got the first virtual reality headset when it was in beta before facebook bought oculus i had mm-hmm. multiple different ones and i have been involved in cryptocurrency before it was worth anything when it was just it was the technology you, you weren't buying it for for potential uh appreciation S- same with everything else but the problem is uh, there's so many I think there's so many directions everything's going in. It's not as clear cut to me what actually will stick and what what won't. Right? Yeah. Um, when virtual reality came out, I forget when, but it's been go Google it. When when virtual reality came out, uh, to me it 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 was almost like a no brainer that there's so much potential in this and, and it's not just like the casual gaming or, or whatever. And, and now it's even better right now. They're wireless. I had the, the original one had like 20 wires connected yeah. to it. You yeah. couldn't go anywhere. You're like knocking into things is before they let you in the virtual reality, see where the actual physical um, objects are. And at the time it really, I really thought it would explode and be huge and everything would move to it. But Google says, by the way, 2016. So that's oh, like not, the most, uh, I, would have, I,
0: would, I would have thought it was more like, like about 10 years old. I would have thought it was older than that. That's yeah, it,
1: it said uh, Oculus was released March 28th, 2016 in 20 oh.
0: countries. Interesting, uh, interesting. And that, now they have, I don't know if you're familiar, there's another acronym for it, but I've always called it or heard it referred to as uh, mixed reality where. Yeah,
1: you know, so it's, yeah. Uh, it was virtual reality and augmented reality were the two things. Yeah. And now uh, I do I do hear mixed reality being used more more often I guess encompassing both, but yeah th- these days it's tough. There, there's so much potential in everything I see. I mean cryptocurrency, right? Before, like take the monetary value aside. Let's say it's worth nothing. It's worth it's always yeah. worth one dollar, right? The ability to move money around and have these transactions that are in a public ledger. It's it, to me it seems revolutionary, right? Yeah. And it's also been around uh, f- uh, more more than more more years than virtual reality so there's so much really cool stuff happening these days what's gonna actually stick and become like are we moving everything into virtual reality to me i i, I thought that would have happened years ago right i thought inside, inside having this kind of Zoom meeting right now we'd be having at the end of 2021 we'd be with headsets on and yeah, we'd be in yeah. virtual reality so and maybe it'll still get there but there's so many it's going so many directions with the nfts and really it's uh what will actually stick and what will become like i don't even say do- dominant platform but what would be what, what will become part of our reality like everyday reality it's i wish i knew i, I yeah. think ev- i think everything has huge amounts of potential and i i, I know you're at why you're asking because uh, people listening to a podcast and a lot of people obviously everyone wants to know what the what the next cool thing is going to be or what what to invest in or what what they should be investing their time in right if you're a business person and you want to build yeah. in, into in in, in a future proof platform where do you build today for whatever reason it's a lot tougher than it
0: was in the mid nineties <laughs> yeah 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 no it's it, it is interesting I, and I'm curious like taking your taking it back to you know more of your your upbringing too did you go and do the whole college thing or did you I did. So I went to college. So it's funny,
1: at, at, a, at a certain there was a couple points where I did not think I would go to college, mm-hmm. just because my business stuff was working so well at the time. I, ultimately, there was a lot of, it, be, it became a lot more difficult, a lot of the industries I, I was in, I mean, Free web hosting, you, you, you see how it turned out. I think every single free web host that exists is a business now, right? Uh, yeah, GeoCities yeah. is long gone. Yahoo bought GeoCities for, I think, 10 times more than they ultimately sold themselves for uh, what, seven years later or something yeah. like that. So there there was a lot of business challenges that kind of made me think, you know, it's, it's, there's still value in, in uh, learning something else. So I, I I kind of chose the best of both worlds. I went to college to Babson, which is a very small school in uh, Massachusetts, but they specialize in business and entrepreneurship. I think business management, they only have one degree. You only, that's your, if you change your mind, that's it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's very, very entrepreneurial focused. Yeah. So kind of, it kind of worked out because it's, uh, it it helped me kind of hone in some of the entrepreneurial things I was working on but to be fair it, it also once I graduated I went through a couple of normal jobs before restarting uh, a company again and I went through a lot of things I worked in the, in the actuarial field I worked in investment banking I kind of tore toward the career field before really going back to my roots and and starting smart sites which geez, we started I started with my brother 10 11 years ago at this point
0: yeah we and and Obviously, you know, you probably still had that, that, that fire inside of you when you were you know, working for another company to, to start something on your own. Did you have any inspiration or any, any thoughts as to what industry you wanted to get involved in or what would, I guess, what was the inspiration to get involved in the, in the industry that you did end up going into? Yeah, good question.
1: So I, I ran my hosting business the entire time, T35 hosting, which was free hosting. And then we, we kind of migrated towards uh, less free hosting and then no free hosting at all so I I always ran that but that was almost kind of on the side and at that point I, I can't say I was really dedicated dedicating much time to pushing the envelope with it it was kind of a lot of people knew it just because it's been around for a while so it's I, I always had that, but uh, I can't say it was like my full passion. Like energy was dedicated to that. Going through different career fields, I wound wound up at uh, MediaVest, which is I think later became Starcom MediaVest. It's a uh, part of Publicis, so it's very big media company. Uh, my one of the top three, top four. Their rankings always move around a little bit. And I got to work on digital marketing for Samsung and then later for Walmart. And I was there almost three years. And uh, ultimately, in that position, I just saw really, really cool digital marketing things that were happening for the Fortune. I, w- I don't even want to say Fortune 500 companies, maybe like Fortune 100 companies, right? Mm-hmm. The top companies in the world were do. And this was, I started smart sites 11 years ago. So this is before that. So this is 14 to 11 years ago. Where's my calendar? So 2021. So this is up until 20, end of 2020, up till end of 2010. So I was there, I guess, roughly 2008, 2009, 2010. Really, really cool stuff, but it was only the big companies doing it, like like things that are only making it downstream now, like uh, targeting specific audiences with very targeted ads and doing remarketing and like really, really cool things that mid-sized businesses and certainly small-sized businesses just didn't have the capabilities to do ultimately i left that job and that was that was very tough to leave because that was out of all the jobs i went through that was the only one i stayed more than 9 months i really I, I really enjoyed my time there and the and the things that we were able to do there but ultimately i left that position to um, to start smart sites to be able to do that kind of bleeding edge technology especially on the media website side for small medium sized businesses uh, mm-hmm. because they they were for sure missing out we were doing such cool audience segmentations and targeting and like uh, think about like the typical smb guy like the plumber the roofer right even today they're not doing that kind of stuff but if you think back 10 11 years ago uh, you think that the typical roofer is remarketing like audiences and doing all that they're not but they should be right it's the the power the power that the internet brings in in terms of uh, exposure and marketing uh, works for everyone across the board: small business, medium business, large mm-hmm. business, mm-hmm. and the capabilities and transparency it brings is just really, really powerful. So that was the idea: leave that job, uh, which was very cushy, guaranteed salary, to to start uh, to start smart sites and do do the unknown, see if there's see if there's enough of a market for people to pay. Uh, I guess I don't want to say premium, but it's uh, more more than the SMBs usually pay to really push push their business forward. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, what, the whole, what, yeah. Go ahead.
0: What, what were some of the what were some of the results that you saw or were able to realize for some of these? Uh, small businesses that you know maybe before they they had a website and I don't know maybe maybe they were running some AdWords or something like that to try to drive traffic and then you know you you add in the retargeting retargeting remarketing all that stuff like what what is that what does that look like what does that delta look like as far as a payoff
1: yeah so so, for us, we were lucky enough to to be involved in it now ten eleven years uh at the beginning it was it wasn't even that at the beginning we 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 saw a lot and helped a lot of uh small businesses really migrate from the world of the yellow pages to digital right yeah. uh, and we do so smart sites does uh website we have three pillars to do. Well, there are more pillars, three main pillars, websites, SEO, and pay-per-click under pay-per-click social media folds in. So there's a lot of, we do everything digital, but generally speaking, those are the three pillars. We, we helped get a lot of people out of the yellow pages role, right? We, we had clients who would call in and would say, I don't have a website. I don't do online marketing. I'm a third generation carpet cleaner, right? We have a the big business. We have a hundred employees, Never had to advertise. I was always, my my father before me, my grandfather before that, we would advertise in the yellow pages.
2: Virtus Technology is a custom business software solution provider. Are you tired of manual entry into an old system that creates more work than it helps? Does your company suffer from constant pain and frustration around its business processes? Do you spend a lot of time and money trying to hunt information down? or figure out what is happening in your business. Virtus Technology can help solve all of this. We evaluate your current processes and then create custom software or mobile apps to automate and streamline your business process, eliminating a lot of those pains and frustrations. Unlike other systems, our goal is to digitize your current processes and systems so that your staff's learning curve is very small. If you're ready to take your business operations to the next level, Give Virtus Technology a call today.
1: Our company name starts with A, so we were on the first page and we yeah. get tons of business, right? Yeah. But by the way, that's why a lot of companies, more proportionally more companies have their names start with a, a, B or something, the the first letters, because they would yeah. be on the first page of the of the yellow pages. So it wasn't even uh, let's try to optimize your pay-per-click. A lot of times we would be creating their entire online presence and getting them into the internet space. And uh, surprisingly, even what are we almost in 2022? uh, We still have a lot of clients who call up that maybe there's less that don't have a website, but a lot of ones that made their website maybe 10 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Or everything's outdated on, on the website or a website's hacked that's been hacked for five years. Well, I couldn't get yeah. fixing it. In a lot of cases, the small business folks really do something well and that's running their business, right? That's why they have a business. And then and, and that's why they're not out of business. They, they're really, really good at running their business and doing their specialty, whether roofing, plumbing, whatever they are. Uh, I don't know, uh, build houses. I mean, they're amazing at building houses, but are they amazing to also at the same time while building houses, make themselves a website and do their Facebook and Google ads. And you want to be on Microsoft ads and you want to do remarketing and you want to target LinkedIn audiences and do Twitter remarketing, right? It's a, it's, it's, it's a lot. And because of that, I I think there's, there was a huge opportunity 10, 10, 11 years ago. I think there's still a huge opportunity where um, all of those guys really need help. I, and it's, it's not, it's not a bad thing that, you're amazing at building houses, but you don't have time to uh, work on making an amazing-looking website or creating um, remark audience lists, right? Yeah. So that that was that's the idea.
0: What are some of the mistakes that a lot of those types of companies you know seem to be making over and over again? Would you say is it just that everything's outdated? They haven't really kept up with it. Maybe they're not using it, or are there are there certain things that you keep seeing over and over again where you know again there's there's an element of Usage, but maybe they're making you know similar mistakes sort of across the board. Does anything come to mind there?
1: Yeah, so on the uh, small business side, it's it's honestly all over the place. There's a lot of cases where marketing is done but not really monitored, and it's they might be doing it themselves or they. I don't know. My cousin's boyfriend from high school does Google, so I let him do it, and it's a lot of like set and forget it. So uh, on the marketing side, the the, the biggest the biggest issue we've seen is the set and forget it attitude and uh, and then expecting things to get better. Right. And most platform, like take Google ads, for example, which is the biggest one, get more expensive every year. So if you're not yeah. doing something better, it's you're going to do worse and worse. So on the marketing side, it's a set it and forget it on the website side. I, I think not many people realize that you should continue to invest in your website. It's not just, make a website and I'm done, right? Uh, there's a maintenance component. You want to make sure you maintain it, that it's, things are updated. It doesn't get yeah. hacked. Information's correct. It works with the latest phone. But I think even aside from that, you, you kind of have to redesign it every, every, I don't want to say every two, three years, but let's say five, six years. I don't know. You shouldn't, you shouldn't just, I made the website twenty years ago. It's fine, right? If if you try, if if you see a website for more than ten years ago, I think you will, you would realize that's more than ten yeah. years old, right? Yeah, things change a lot. I mean, the the digital space in the last ten years, we went from from designing for mobile to mobile first to a lot of our. Uh, A lot of our, depends on the business type, but a lot of businesses are now 80% mobile for their traffic, right? If you made your website six years ago with mobile being an afterthought, which is what was commonly being done you're not in a good place now with 80% of your visitors who can't click or can't see, or maybe your form doesn't even work on mobile. Yeah. So um, I think, yeah, I, 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 just to quickly summarize it, I think marketing side, the, the set and forget attitude has, we, we've seen a lot of that and on the website side, it's, it's, uh, I think people are just now finally starting to realize what kind of asset their domain and website is. And it's for sure an investment. And uh, you could view it as a cost or investment. I, I think it is an investment in your brand and your future. And, and what's funny is it, it takes like incident, I don't want to say incidents, but it takes like uh, some kind of big events to kind of get people to realize this when Facebook was out. I forget when it was a couple of months ago, right? everyone's like oh my there's a lot of businesses so to preface that a lot of businesses stopped even making websites i have a facebook page right
0: yeah 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 yeah
1: facebook's down everyone's like holy shit i can't sell anything and, and and no one could find me and i really need a website i really need to fix up my website facebook was down all day so everyone was going to my broken website i need to fix this right away so it takes kind of events like that but i think ultimately your domain name and your website is your online presence and i think it'll It'll, it's always been important, but I think it'll continue to be super important compared to let's say a Facebook page or something else that you don't really own right you don't own your Facebook page and uh, we have clients who have I don't know a million followers on Instagram and then Instagram shuts them down for no reason yeah. and there there's yeah. no there's no uh, you could appeal but once you don't pa- once once you the appeal is rejected you can't do anything right you don't yeah. own it so yeah. I think ultimately having your domain and having your website that you own is is a huge part of of your brand and uh, a huge way to promote yourself online
0: yeah no that makes perfect sense and if you if you had to give like the top three or four things you know somebody who's looking who again maybe has a website out there and like you said there's you know the twitter retargeting and and you know remarketing and and you know paper click and all of that what are the top what are the top things say again three, four things that you feel that they should you know focus their their money and efforts on and kind of you know maybe get to the other things later if if needed
1: yeah cool very very good question so uh, I think let's say you already have a website, it's not the best website, but it doesn't matter you have a website it's 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 good enough to at least uh, get visitors to it. I think at that point, you really, the investment, I I personally would split between uh, SEO organic side and the paid side. I did a really good keynote, I want to say a month ago in New York City at the Small Business Expo. So if anyone Googles Alex Mellon, it's called mastering SEO. Uh, But I went through uh, the actual ranking signals for SEO. And there's two parts of SEO. You have the Google Maps, and then you have localized results. And uh, there's, uh, I won't go through the entire one-hour SEO session, but there's there's ranking signals so you know what to focus on. So Google My Business is really, really important to your Google Maps SEO. So you want to make sure you have a Google My Business profile. And it's not just, oh, I have a Google Business profile. You want it completely filled out. You want to have reviews. You want to have content in your reviews. So Google actually determines when you come up in Google Maps organically based on number of your reviews, based on the score of your reviews, content of the reviews and they do sentiment analysis so if all your reviews are without anything people just say five stars five stars it's not going to help you much if okay. you're a co- if you're a coffee shop and let's say you have i don't know you specialize in brazilian coffee right if people in your reviews mention oh this place has really good brazilian coffee someone on google maps searches brazilian coffee your listing will come up because of the content in your reviews um, wow. So there's there's tons and tons to be done on the SEO side. And the, as opposed to the pay-per-click side, pay-per-click by the way is really powerful and really important. I don't wanna make it seem like it's not. With pay-per-click, you you pay the money, you'll get the traffic right away, right? Like you turn it on like 10 seconds from now, you'll get the traffic, but yeah. you're paying for it. Uh, on the organic side, it's all investment of time, right? It's a investing time to fix up your Google My Business, to create unique content on your website. Uh, link building is still super, super important. But it's all it's all hours, whether you do it, you get an intern to do it, you hire an agency to do it. It's not like a cost per click, but it's a cost of time. But there's a lot that could be done on the SEO side. And that's as a small business, I would make sure all of that is tidied up before going on the paid side, just because it's, it's a long term play that you'll get rewarded for, for a long time it's the uh, right if you spend let's say you spend fifty hours today uh, optimizing Google my business calling your customers, asking them to leave your reviews with content if, if you spend fifty hours on it you're not going to be ROI positive on that investment this month or next month, but as a long term play uh, SEO I think is super super valuable and I think it's only getting more valuable so I think for the small business that that would be my first play to make sure I'm fully optimized in the eyes of Google for on the organic side. And then on the secondary side, uh, it's a question of how to, how do consumers find me, whether, whether they find me on Google, which is the most typical, right? If you're a plumber, your typical customer comes home, their pipes burst, right? In the basement, pipes leaking everywhere. Back in the day, the person would run upstairs, open the yellow pages, right? Call their, like, brother mm-hmm. or father, like can you recommend can you someone? Be, yeah. Uh, yeah. These days they take out their cell phone out of their pocket and they look up plumber near me. Right. So if you're a plumber and and you took care of the SEO side, you want to focus on the paid side. I think Google is, is, is where it's at for you uh, for other brands. It may be Facebook it might be LinkedIn might be TikTok, Right. So I think once you're done with the organic, the question becomes where are my consumers and how are they finding me? And that's the platform you focus on next
0: yeah yeah a couple of different questions there you you mentioned a couple of times about you know creating content for your uh, google my business listing and i i just saw a report or a, a a release maybe a month ago or so that google just started promoting more video content in their listing is is that true i mean is that more valuable does that hold more weight today than you know, if somebody just, you know, takes a picture of something and, and posts that along with the review, are you aware of that or? Yeah.
1: So it's, it's i uh, I'm aware of it. Google is, is allowing more and more things to be done with your Google, my business, which makes sense. They'll continue to do uh, how much of an impact is it going to have in today's world? Probably very little, but it's important to keep an eye on it for the future, but they they've added tons of functionality. I mean, on the car dealerships, the car dealership side, you can now have your entire inventory feed into your Google My Business. So there's a lot of cool things that you could do. The question is it worth doing? That's that's the that's what the SEO folks discuss, right? Yeah. For example, for the dealership stuff, the inventory, the car inventory stuff that feeds into your Google My Business is all the way at the bottom of the listing, right? So someone looks it up, they have to scroll through it. How many people are actually clicking on it and and going to it? For now, not a lot. So it's, yeah. it's uh, how much time is this going to take me to invest in this versus the payoff? Should I be making videos and stuff? If it takes you a long time to make videos right now, I would not focus on videos. Generally speaking, Google has been pushing videos for a very long time. They're trying to grow YouTube and videos in general. So I'm sure it'll be valuable in the future. But I think the the bleeding edge implementations are worth watching, not necessarily doing in most cases. But yeah, that's, that's, that's a tough one. There's a lot of new things that roll out aside from Google algorithm changes. They, they roll out so much new stuff. It used to be on a quarterly basis now, like on a monthly basis. So that's, uh, that's, that's what keeps the SEO folks busy. But um, yeah, there, I I think for, for now I would just cover the basics. And um, if, if, if anyone looks up that session, I did the SEO mastery, the small business expo, I go through literally it's a pie chart. And what percent does each ranking signal? What percent is it of the total algorithm? So that I would I would use that as the blueprint. That that is from twenty twenty. At this point, I'll I'll probably do another one uh, next time I do any SEO slides. I'll, I'll put together the new one. But I think that that's why I would focus on the biggest. You want to go after the biggest Big chunks pie, yeah. of the uh, yeah of the pie. Mm-hmm. And of course, the slithers still like help, right? But it's all depend. There's only so many hours in a day.
0: Yep, yep. And and how do you know? you know when you have enough when when to move on to the next thing or you do is it best just to keep focusing in on something like how do you how do you know when you're you know at the top of the bar and you should start introducing other other channels or other methods or or even changing your process in google too
1: yeah so i i think uh, ultimately it's budget related right Uh, on the seo side there's almost no cap Uh, i mean unless you're in a niche industry right but uh if you go on Google and Google, uh, I, don't, I do a lot on the automotive side, so I apologize for the automotive examples. But if you Google uh, luxury sedans, right, uh, everyone who's competing to be there—Edmunds, Car and Driver, all these places—they keep investing in their SEO, in the content, the link building to be to be higher. So it's almost there's no like, oh, I've reached spot number five. I'm gonna stop doing SEO now and do something else. It's uh, unless you're in a very specific niche. I think it's an ongoing investment, but ultimately as your business grows, uh, you hopefully make more money and then you could start allocating uh, to different marketing channels. Um, I personally always recommend keeping about 10% of your marketing budget for experimental. So that's when you go like the the Snapchats, right? The TikToks. I've had debates with people when they're like, oh, I'm just starting my company. I can't afford that. So something could be said about maybe when you're still testing the waters, maybe don't go experimental. But I think ultimately, as as you grow, you just start doing more and more marketing and always be experimenting. If there's one takeaway I could give people today, it's you always want to be experimenting with uh, with marketing, with uh, even content on your website, because it's, it's very hard to find the next big thing or what specifically works for you if you don't experiment, just keep doing the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of almost sounds like too good to, to to just kind of, explain how do you know when enough is enough is if you do any type of like keyword research or anything like that and if you're if you're winning the majority of the traffic for that specific keyword you know then maybe again add in more keywords and then go after the next one or there are certainly
1: diminishing returns right uh you invest in seo and you go from rank from, from second page to first page you'll notice a big difference if you're going from position number, I don't know, four to number three, maybe you won't notice as much. And the investment is so much higher to, yeah. to, to move over that one spot. Yeah, it, it's, it's tough. When, when do you know that you should try different platforms? I, I think as long as you're measuring, I think as, as long as you're tracking and measuring, and you know that I invest another 10 grand in SEO and my revenue went up by X amount, I, I, and as long as you're experimenting with, with different channels, I think ultimately you, you let the data lead the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I feel like a lot of people, at least in, in conversations that I've had, too, they they there's, I guess, a little bit of disillusionment from what they thought they would get from a from a uh, a company and what they are actually receiving. Like they don't really understand you know, it's not really doing anything. I, you know, I've been doing it for two months and it's not doing anything. What, what is, what do you, what do you recommend? Like, what is the amount of time that they should give these, these tools to be able to, you know, get out there and percolate before they make that determination that, you know, it is or is not working?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a very, very, very common issue. The, 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 you don't have enough patience, and and then you stop something before before you get the results. From it. Yeah. I, I, it's tough to have a general rule. I clients I interact with, I usually tell them at least three months is is what I would give anything, right? Whether it's SEO, pay per click, TikTok, it's very hard to evaluate things in in a in a vacuum on a three week, four week period, right? SEO is ultimately a long term game, so it's if you if you spend three months uh, paying for SEO and you're saying in those three months I'm not ROI positive, that's not really a true picture because the content and everything you create gives you value for. I want to say infinity, years, but yeah. as long as long as the internet exists, yeah. So it, it, it's it's tough, but I, I think three months is a good time frame for for experimenting with with or giving things a shot, right? But again, uh, I wouldn't go into SEO thinking that three months I'm going to be ROI positive, but at least kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel at that point. I think same with the other channels. I think if I did Google ads for, for a month, that's not even enough for the machine learning to start working.
0: I, I think three months is a good, good window. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Alex, this is fantastic. If, if people want to learn more about you or, or you know, the services that you offer, what would be the best way to reach out and get in touch?
1: Yeah, perfect. So for me, it's alexmellon.com. So it's literally my name, A-L-E-X-M-E-L-E-N.com. And then you have on the bottom all my social media stuff. So feel feel everyone feel free to connect. And then smartsites is smartsites.com, S-M-A-R-T-S-I-T-E-S.com.
0: Beautiful. Alex, I appreciate the time. And uh, this has you, been- man. Yeah, this has been enlightening. I always, I always like talking to other tech people because there's, you know, there's only so many people that that understand that side of the business, that side yeah. of the world. So, so always, always cool being able to to, to pick up some nuggets here and there. So, yeah, certainly yeah. appreciate it. Cool, great talking to you. Thanks, Matt. You too. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.